film fans to a <laughs> brand new episode. Gonna, I didn't know what you were going to do there. <laughs> I was trying to do something a little different, and I held my breath right before talking. You really went for it, and then I, I can't hear. I, I I see that we are really leveling out on the audio, so I'm going to have to calm down a little bit. Welcome back, film fans, to a new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me to the left with just a little bit of hearing left, Drew Douglas. You know, if this is the first time that you're joining us, welcome, because we are doing something a little different on this episode. Usually we cover a specific movie or TV show, but... For this, it will be kind of like a pop culture rundown of sorts in which we talk about some movie headlines, new trailers, and what we've been watching and enjoying, or maybe not enjoying. <laughs> That's a tease. That's a t- I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> and we're also going to do the Rotten Tomatoes game for several big new releases. Some of those I'm looking forward to, some I'm not. It's a mixed bag. Well, how, honestly, to start things off, how do you feel about this fall and winter from what we've seen of the trailer so far? Are you looking forward to some of the movies? Do you think a lot of it looks like a dumpster that's on fire traveling down a river? I think we have at least two to three good movies every month. I would agree, yeah. December, we have 1917, and we have Star Wars. Next month, Knives Out, Dark Fate, which could go either way, Ooh. Charlie's Angels. What are we missing? I'm sure we'll have the lighthouse by We've that point. We've got Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep, which I keep forgetting about. Ooh. So I think we're in good Four shape. Or V Ferrari. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> November's going to be amazing. Now, yeah, that, so that's a November release. December's kind of up and down because we've got, I think, Frozen 2 comes out at the end. I think that's Thanksgiving. But I'm really looking forward to that. Spies in Disguise. Ugh. <laughs> December, you really only need two because you're going to be busy with stuff. And yeah. Star Wars will consume our lives. And then you and I both think 1917 is going to be a just an incredible movie. I may see it twice in the theater because it looks that good. I just I can't get enough. I've gone back and rewatched not the trailer, but it's the featurette that shows the behind the scenes and how they wanted to shoot that all in one take, one single take. We'll make it look like they did that. No, they, they did that. Like, they did not sleep for, like, <laughs> five weeks, and they just kept going. Those actors... Those poor actors. ...are done now because they just... They they retired at an early age because they're like, we can't do this anymore. This seems like it's going to be Sam Mendes' um, Dunkirk. I could see this being his masterpiece. You've already got that. It's, it's Jarhead. Or... You know, Road to Perdition is pretty amazing, too. Over Skyfall? Uh, yeah, Skyfall's really good, too. I just always kind of forget that that is a Sam Mendes movie. I, you know, it's interesting because before that, I never saw him as a Bond director. But after Skyfall, I always think of him as that. Like, that's, if I hear his name, I immediately go to Skyfall. Of, like, the Bond films, the, where does Skyfall rank? Like, is it better than Casino Royale, in your opinion? Nothing is better than Casino Royale. That's my absolute favorite. What's number two? Is it Skyfall? No, it would be um, From Russia with Love, and then number three is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Since we're on this list already and talking about Bond, we've got a poster. Yeah, we got a poster for it. Not a very exciting poster. Not feeling it. This movie comes out in April. We should be getting a preview, I would say, next month. At least a teaser. Hope so. I hope so, too. I'm going to watch it nonstop. 
I wonder what they'll release that before. Maybe 1917? Who knows? I mean, that would be a good Christmas because that's that's around that time. Anyways, let's move on to pop culture news involving Batman and the casting for this. This has been all over the place. It's like a roller coaster. And we've even updated this as of just a few hours ago. First up, we've got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. What do you think? I'm not a huge fan of her, so this is disappointing news. Now, this is this is very intriguing because you originally said that wasn't Zazie supposed to Zazie Beats was supposed to play Catwoman, and she was most recently in Joker alongside Arthur Fleck or Walking Phoenix. Rumor has it that Matt Reeves was really high on Zazie, and she I mean, couldn't do it that? because they're doing Atlanta seasons. Was it four, three, three and, and four? four yep. together. And because of scheduling conflicts, she couldn't do it. And I guess he really likes Zoe as well because she has been cast. She, I don't know if I think she's a very good actress and I can't imagine her as Catwoman, but we have been surprised before about how this turns out. So I'm sure they know what they're doing. It's going to be okay. Matt Reeves knows what he's doing. And um, that's all I'm going to say. After that, we've got Jonah Hill, who is now done. He was asking for $10 billion. <laughs> Actually, $10 million, right? It was around that ballpark of like $10 million. Hearsay says that they couldn't come to a deal. It was also rumored he was wanting either Riddler or the Penguin, which would be an interesting choice. Uh, I'm okay with him not picking him. He seems like a guy. Could be. I could be completely wrong. He seems like a huge douchebag. <laughs> I, I mean, you watched the the circuit he did for mid '90s, and that movie was awful. <laughs> and just his interviews for that, he seemed very pretentious. There was an interview I stumbled upon, and it was released right before that. And someone came out and asked him about how he felt not being the fat guy in Hollywood anymore. There's like a whole YouTube montage of interviewers asking him about his weight. Really, it's very strange. I, I've only seen that one interview, and that's it. And I. Was I know that he was totally thrown off by that. It's pretty insulting to be, um, you know, kind of asked, weren't you funnier when you were fat? Yeah. They were, they were like trying to peg him as like this Chris Farley character or something like that. But Jonah Hill, it would have been interesting to see him as the Riddler. I know when we were talking about that, that was the role that came up, came to mind. The Penguin, I don't know how you do that without making him look so cartoony and over the top like in Batman Returns. You do it, but you need somebody older and you need you need a gangster. Tom yeah. Hardy could pull that off. Now, that's actually a very good point. I would love now, now that you say that I would love to see Tom Hardy in that role. Give him I mean you could chew it up a little bit, but I want to I want a penguin that's a gangster. That would be amazing. Now, most recently Jonah Hill's out, but Paul Dano is in as the Riddler. Something we found out just a few hours ago. This is incredible. I love Dano. Never thought about him. I haven't thought about him in a while. He's an eerie man, though. He's, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a serial killer. Because he's got, he's just creepy. <laughs> he, he had some very strange vibes. But I love in, was it uh, Mercy or Just Mercy? Or it's Mercy. Um, the It was about the uh, lead singer from the Beach Boys. And he did a fantastic job in that. And... John Cusack played the older version of of him, and 
Paul Dano is a great actor. I still have yet to see Swiss Army Man, and that looks amazing. But he he does seem strange, but I love that he embraces that for a lot of his roles. And Prisoners, man, that role. Yeah, that's what I was going back to. I think that's the last, well, Swiss Army Man, but I think Prisoners was one of the last movies I've seen him with. So, so far with this cast, what do you think? We've got Zoe and Paul on board. And And Batman... What's that? Robert Pattinson, too. Mm-hmm. So of the three, and R- Jeffrey Wright rumored as Commissioner Gordon. Oh, right, yeah. So if we're going to, we're gonna let's act like that's legit for the moment. I think we got three out of four nailed. Zoe could go either way. I just, it's interesting, and Zoe's coming off of High Fidelity, and she's working on that TV show. I'm really interested to see what that's like. I really like the movie High Fidelity, and I'm curious what, like, how she'll be in that show, and especially as Catwoman. Once again, I know the most recent Catwoman that we've received was Anne Hathaway, and that was in The Dark Knight Rises. What do you think about her in that? She's great. One of the best parts. Over Bane? I mean, Bane's really cool. I don't like what they do with Bane. I could, we could spend probably an hour talking about The Dark Knight Rises and the things that I think it has the pieces for a really good movie. They just don't execute it very well. And that's one of them. I think Bane's a misstep in the movie, even though he is really great. What do you think was the last great Batman movie that we received? I mean, probably Dark Knight Rises, even though I don't think that's the best one. I think that's that's my least favorite, probably. Yeah. So over Batman versus Supes. Yeah, though, I I still love Affleck as Batman. You know, honestly, thinking back on this, I may put... Batman versus Supes over Dark Knight Rises. Well, that's crazy. At least, it is at pretty least nuts. Dark Knight but Rises, it looks incredible. We have yep. that Deacon's oh, yeah. cinematography. Well, no, Deacon's didn't do it. No, it was wasn't uh, him. Fister. Yeah. But that was something, though. I, I, I agree with you. Of those three of the trilogy, the Nolan films, Rises was at the bottom of the list for me. The stuff with Bruce Wayne in the uh, prison is... Some of my favorite Nolan oh, that, Batman story. That's good. Even even with the punch in the back to <sighs> help him walk again, I, I love that entire thing. I like that we spend time with Bruce Wayne in the third one. Are you just punches him, gets punched in the back, and he's good. My back's been hurting for weeks. Maybe I should go to that guy. Just yeah, just have him. I hope he's still in that. You. I hope he's still in that cave. That's going to cover the Batman casting. Next up, we've got a movie we're both looking forward to: Doctor Sleep, and. There originally I first started hearing that this runtime is going to far exceed The Shining and initial reports it was pushing three hours long. Now we've got about three hours or two hours and 35 minutes. That's insane to me. I love it. Now you've read the book. Yeah. And does it warrant a long runtime like that? The book is basically three stories that collide into one. So okay. I, I could I could totally see it. I just checked in the Shining runtime is two hours, 26 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, two and a half hours seems about on par with the original. Yeah. I'm curious, though, do you think the content, there's more content in this than there was with The Shining, with Dr. Sleep? Yeah, The Shining is pretty, um, I don't want to say bare bones, but it's a, it's a bottle episode in the yeah. overlook. It seems pretty basic, but... I'm very excited for Dr. Sleep. Don't know a lot about it. And I love me some Ewan McGregor. Do you think you're going to read it or listen to it before you see it? I still have time. And I was at my parents recently where I have The Shining, 
and it was sitting on the bookshelf, and it, I've got an entire shelf dedicated to King. And it's funny because my mom ended up putting like a religious book like on that <laughs> shelf too. <laughs> but at the same time, though, given the fact that Stephen King is also a religious guy, uh, maybe it's a little fitting. But the nonetheless, though, I almost grabbed that book and brought it with me back to my apartment, and I was tempted to read The Shining and Doctor Sleep beforehand because. I've only known The Shining to be what it is in the film, the Jack Nicholson film. I haven't watched the miniseries that Stephen King says is so much better than the Stanley Kubrick film. And I haven't watched any other incarnations. And I'm very excited to see how they end up bridging this gap because I do know the differences and what happens at the end of The Shining in the book versus the film. Do you think that the book, The Shining, is scarier than the movie? I don't find either very scary. Yeah, I am. a Well, the movie I remember was eerie and very creepy. But I feel like the movie gets a lot of praise for reasons that I don't quite understand. Do you feel that way? I think it's well done. Don't oh, get me wrong. I think it's warranted. I like that one a lot. I, I think it's very well done. But I like the idea that it plays with time and, and resurrection or reincarnation, I should say. And does it not in the novel? Uh, it's all about your, your demons coming back and just kind of never escaping it. It's always circular. Evil is hmm. just like constantly coming back in some form or another. Interesting. I wonder, now that makes me very intrigued to know the, the differences with the book and reading it. But yeah, I like the idea that the, that the film embodied something a lot more than just this singular guy. And hence we've got the Overlook Hotel and what really resides there. I find that very interesting, and I am very fascinated with haunted places or these places that there's evil lurking, and it's within us, and if you add that and you have the combination of evil within us plus a place, then it boils into something even scarier. I'm pretty sure the evil lies within Paul Dano. Oh, what if he makes a, an appearance in Dr. Sleep? <laughs> I don't go, what are you doing in this movie? <laughs> I hope, I really hope he does. All right, let's now move on to the segment Loves It or Hates It with new trailers. First up, we've got Steven Soderbergh's new film, The Laundromat. That is dropping on Netflix just suddenly on October 18th. It's Friday, October 18th. So tomorrow? Yeah. For you and I right now at this moment? Uh, yeah, I just can't believe the new trailer that was released. It's a six, 60 second spot for the laundromat. And I am very interested to hear what you have to say because I saw it once and then I watched it like two more times to pick up on some little quirks that I've noticed within the characters. The first trailer that was released didn't really have me that hooked, but I was intrigued. This trailer has piqued my interest. So do you love or hates the trailer, The Laundromat, the most recent trailer. If this is coming out tomorrow, which it is on Netflix, this is not something that I need to watch immediately. So I'm going to say probably hates it. Other than the cast and Steven Soderbergh, who I like a lot, do I need to watch this immediately? No. Because it is not fitting within the Halloween season, I am not necessarily feeling it, but I'm going with loves it. I like it, and it, it, like I said, it has piqued my interest. Meryl Streep seems like she's got a very interesting character on her hands. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm intrigued, not sold. That's all I'm gonna say. We also have Gary Oldman also doing. Yeah, he's hammering a great it up. Job. Yeah, and Antonio Banderas. Never been a huge fan. He is an interesting actor. He's been in some movies that I really like, and then others that are just okay. But I kind of side with you on that. Next up, we've got HBO's new show or limited series. The Outsider, based on the best-selling novel by Stephen King. I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. His prints are all over the crime scene. The TV footage puts him 60 miles away. He can't have been in two places at once. How do you feel? Loves it or hates it? This is a book that I did not love. Thought it was just okay. This looks amazing, though. With Bateman... Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelssohn is incredible. So you were saying there was somebody in this cast beyond Ben Mendelssohn and yep. Jason Bateman that really kind of knocked your socks off, got you excited. Who is it? Two words. Cynthia Orivo. Who in the world is that? She's a lady that was in, uh, she will be in Harriet, playing Harriet Tubman. And, oh, yeah. And she, what else has she been in? I she was in Widows. Okay, yeah, she's really cool. And she was the kickboxing single mother who I loved in that. And she was also in, in which I would say the best part of Bad Times at El Royale. Okay. She was the singer. She's awesome. She was so good in that. And it was, we ended up getting that year Bad Times, and then we had Widows. And I thought, who is this lady? There's very little on her IMDb page. She's like stalking you every time you go to the movies, though. She's just showing up. every Everywhere. And I love it. I love me some Cynthia. But she's mainly this British uh, actress who she's done a lot of plays. And that's where she's kind of shot up to fame. But I want to see more of her. As soon as she popped up in this, I was just... I, I It had me, and I kept going up and up and up in my interest. And then once Cynthia appeared, I think I fainted, and I woke up three hours later, and I had to watch the trailer again. I have to ask, though, I'm not familiar with the outsider material. Do you think that the book goes off the rails halfway through? Because that's what, like, the consensus from a lot of King fans who I've heard from, they say that. It takes an unnecessary journey, and I would recommend if you're going to read The Outsider, you have not read it. You need to read the Mr. Mercedes trilogy. You need to you need to read that because you're going to have something spoiled if you want to go back to that, because they introduce characters from that book, that that trilogy, and if you have no investment in who they are, you're going to be like, who are these people? One more loves that hates it. Okay. For the James Cameron produced. Tim Miller joints called Dark Fate. We got a brand new red band TV spot that they released. It has F-bombs. It has blood and violence. They really want to bring that Deadpool crowd in. And it's got Linda Hamilton calling or saying that she will not call Arnold's Terminator character Carl. That just seems so stupid. I'll say there's a lot of... Man, she looks she looks rough. Um, Lyndall Hamilton. Up until this point, I don't think this movie has looked very good. But I'm going to say that this Red Band trailer is the best of the bunch. Uh, do I love it? This makes me want to see it, at least in theaters. Okay. So I'll say yes. You know, I've been very harsh on this ever since it was announced. I have thought a lot about where I fall in the camp of the Terminator franchise. 
have recently come to the conclusion that I love Terminator 1, love Terminator 2. I would go as far as to say that T2 goes in my top five films of all time. And man, I don't think I'm a Terminator film <laughs> franchise fan just because, because they've done it so many times and they keep doing it bad. And that's my problem. Now, here's the thing. I will say that T3 is one of those films that I don't hate. I know there's a lot of hate for it, but I definitely I can do without it. And then we've got Salvation and Genesis and just I can do away with those don't necessarily need them. But Dark Fate, here it comes. This is like the sixth film, I guess. And I hate this trailer. Really? I just Does it do anything to make you kind of want to see it? I will watch it. As I mentioned before on this podcast, I will use my movie subscription plan to see this film. And I will determine then. And it's funny because I'll probably be on this same podcast raving about this movie. And I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't see that happening either, but I have heard we've got a friend who is in love with this franchise and talks about it a lot and has mentioned a lot of the fan theories. I'm not even interested to devote any time into speculating what will happen with this. I just, it's like, I'll watch it and that's it. I mean, isn't the price of admission worth it if you get to see Edward Furlong back? I and just want CGI, to see what he looks like. I bet you anything that they're going to pull a Gemini man or... Make him look way better than he yes, really looks. I bet you anything they're going to do something like that. He's going to be... well. he looks awful. Well, didn't... So the rumor is that he's in this, but... No, it's confirmed. Oh, so it's confirmed. James Cameron said he is in it. But is Can't, he a CGI version of himself? No, I'm sure they got Edward Furlong. He needs the work. Well, my my curiosity with this, though, lies at one of the fan theories that our mutual friend said that... It basically begins with the death of John Connor. Now, I don't know. That's not confirmed. That's not like if this happens, I'm going to be just as surprised as you are. So I wonder if the film starts with a T2 version of John Connor dying. Like as a kid? Yes. That's that would what, be interesting. That's what I wonder will happen. And that's why I and think it'll be a CGI. Forward? Yeah. Woo. Could be interesting. I'm willing to give it a shot. But right now, not feeling it. <laughs> Speaking of, I need to go on a diet, a pop oh. culture diet. Oh, I have a good one. Anything that you've watched or read or listened to this week? Yeah, I've been watching Hot Ones with Sean Evans on Ooh. YouTube. Have you ever watched that? Those are a lot of fun. If you've never seen it, Sean interviews a guest as they eat gradually hotter and hotter wings. This season has had several good ones, including Noel Gallagher, Shia oh. LaBeouf, and the new one out today, I think, is with Paul Rudd. Wait, did the Shia, was he also with Dakota Johnson and Zach from Peanut no, Butter Falcon? just Shia. That's okay. a really good one. If, you, if you're interested in Shia and uh, just who he is, that's a really good interview. That would be interesting. I, would, I need to watch that. So that's what I've been binging. What have you been watching? I watched a film that was kind of recommended across a YouTube channel. And there's this guy that I've stumbled upon on YouTube, you've probably heard of him, Chris Stuckman. Um, he does like Halloween specials around this time, talking about Halloween films. And he talked about a movie that he got a DVD copy of. And it's like, whenever you go to Walmart and you get these copies of films and it's like five movies on one disc, that's like what he got. And there's a movie on that and he recommended it. 
So I was just sitting at home searching Amazon Prime for scary movies. I wanted to watch something that would be fun and scary and freak me out and something I haven't seen before because I didn't want to go back to Return of the Living Dead, but I will eventually. However, I came across this movie and it's called Lake Mungo. Have you heard of this? I saw it on Amazon Prime. It was recommended to me. Okay, so you don't know anything about it. Should I watch it? I would say, yeah, it's very interesting. I will I will say this. It's not a movie that I love, but it had me spooked. Oh, well, you know, I'm watching a, a spooky movie every night, so I can add it to the docket. I turned off all the lights. <laughs> I was sitting at home alone. It was late. And there were a couple of shots where the camera zooms in and it just made me feel so unsettled. I was doing one of these, looking over my shoulder. <laughs> I love that. And I was freaking out. That's a bad feeling, but I also really, really like it. And it's it had me so uneasy. And then there's something that happens, and I won't reveal, but it... Mm, yeah, I, I don't right, want to spoil I'll, it. I'll add it to my queue, and I'll watch it uh, maybe this week. Definitely, I, I will say this. I liked it. Did not love it, but I think there are a lot of really interesting choices that the film makes. And get this, the guy who made it, it was a one and done. He's fallen off the face of the earth. So let that add some mystery That's to this weird. film. Okay. Yeah. So just, just let that soak in while you watch this film. And if you're looking for something fun, I would, I would recommend the movie. It's a short watch. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. Maybe oh, that's good. I love that. Hour and 20 minutes. It's very short. I'm a busy man. I don't have time for two-hour horror films. It uh, Just be prepared. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. I'll <laughs> let you know when I watch it. <laughs> but that's all I've got. Now, for the uh, the home and theatrical releases, we've got Three from Helm and Hobbs and Shaw. Are you going to watch both of these in the same setting? No, but I will watch Three from Hell this week. I have it downloaded, ready to go. Hobbs and Shaw... I'll be watching um, at some point. So I know you didn't like it. You don't need to mention that. But is Three from Hell, you think you're going to do the trilogy? I was upset. I was in Tulsa last week, end, and the theater was showing it. There's a theater that I would always go to, and they had it on the night I left. And I was so mad. Why? You need to, oh, the trilogy. Yeah. Okay. And Just watch it at home. But you don't need to go to a dirty theater and watch that. I'd be paying 16 bucks to watch House of a Thousand Corpse, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. So you bet I want to watch that. Will I like it? Probably not. I almost started Three from Hell last night, but I watched The Crush with uh, Carrie Always <sighs> and good. Alicia Silverstone. It was one of the wackiest movies I've ever seen in my life. Was that the first time you've seen it? Never seen it before. It is bonkers. I saw that last year around this time and loved that I watched it around Halloween time. But that's what we've got for the releases and for at home. Now, theatrical releases, we've got Zombieland 2 Double Tap. Did you like the first one? No. We've got Maleficent, The Mistress, Mistress of Evil. Evil, the second. And both of these movies are coming out years after their first films. Did you see the first Maleficent? No, I did not, and I never will. Will you see this one? No, why would I see this one? Because it's on your fall free-for-all picks. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to. And we've got your most anticipated movie of the year, The Lighthouse. <laughs> not true, but at some point, yes, we will get The Lighthouse. Um, I'm going to be honest, The Lighthouse is one I don't need to see in theaters. Yeah. I could probably wait. The other two, I don't, the other two are garbage. 
And The Lighthouse is the follow-up from the same direct writer-director who did The Witch. Which is incredible. Which is good. That was very unsettling. I wonder if The Lighthouse will have the same effect. I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it will. You ready for the Rotten Tomatoes game? Wait, you're going to see any of those movies? Oh, um, yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I would say I'll see all of them in the theater. With, no, you won't. With my movie subscription. Pass. You're an idiot. All right, we're doing the Rotten Tomatoes game. I, let's see here. The first film for Rotten Tomatoes game, what, Terminator it, Dark Fate. Yeah, if you don't know what this game is, for some reason you haven't listened to us before, which is, you, you ought to be locked up. Oh. We're going to guess what we think the Rotten Tomatoes score ends up being. For critics, just for critics. And we're starting out with Terminator Dark Fate, released on, will be released on November 1st. What do you think for Dark Fate? I'm guessing 56%. Oh. What are you owing about? I've got, I'm covering up my other scores, sliding that over 51. All right, we're in the same ballpark. 56 and 51%. Okay. Next up, we've got Dr. Sleep. On November 8th. 83%. I'm going nine below that and saying 74. Okay. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if critics will like it. I'm I, I'm torn because I haven't. Have you heard anything like critics talking about this movie? I haven't. But if we went back and we redid our fantasy fall, fantasy fall free for all, I would pick Dr. Sleep. I think this is going to be a huge hit. I thought about picking this, but I just can't deter. I don't know. I'm just not sure. With inflation, technically, The Shining is a hit, a major hit in today's standards. And the last film, we've got Charlie's Angels. That will be released on November 15th. Which the other day, you and I, I had, we, we watched the trailer. It was the first time I had seen this new trailer. And I went home and watched it probably five more times. So it's growing on you. You're loving it Loves a lot. It. I don't say I love it, but I am excited. Uh, I'm going to say 46%. Okay. Once again, I'm sitting just a little bit below you with 34. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that could be a huge bomb. Whoever wins, if, if say, one of us gets all three of these, we get a crisp $50 yeah. bill. We're betting $50. Well, you don't have to get all three. It's, the, it's, it's whoever gets the most, whoever gets closest. Okay. A point and, for each. Um, you can go, we can be up or down, just wherever you're, whoever lands closest. Because we've had this $50 bill sitting here that someone gave us for a contest, and you and I ended up basically tying, so it's still available. Crisp $50 bill. We've now and, built um, a glass case around it. The person that gave us that money said he's willing to up the ante next time we want to do a bet. So let's do the 50 and then... We'll come up with a new bet, and he said he would put $100 down. 100 bucks, And we're just going to gradually keep increasing because you and I will kind of add to the pot. That, we're, just, we're just finding ways to kind of blow our money. That 50 bucks will get us one viewing at a local theater, including <laughs> food. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and then we're going to end on something, a new segment called Unpopular Opinion. This is something where we talk about just I think the one, name says it all. Yeah, one, one little thing, and uh, it's something that we like, and and it's just a very unpopular opinion. I'm going to have to say, Halloween, <laughs> since we're in the ballpark just of... heads up, I don't have one this week. I, c- I couldn't think of anything, so this is all you, baby. This, this was uh, made up just a few minutes before recording. I need you to shock me. 
We are in the Halloween season. I want to talk about a Halloween film. And I'm going to say within the Halloween franchise, the best film of the entire franchise is the first film from John Carpenter, Halloween. Okay. That's not, that's not the unpopular opinion. I was going to say, because I don't, I don't agree with that, but it doesn't shock me. Now, what I will say, my second, what's coming up right after that, second favorite Halloween of those is Halloween 3, <laughs> Season of the Witch. That's not that crazy. That's an unpopular opinion because so many people, people hate that. No, that's a cult classic now. It's a classic, but it is also considered like, why do people dis like? I, I wouldn't say that's the second best one. That's that's kind of the middle for me, but that's not that wacky. I have to go. I've been thinking about that movie a lot, and that's I'm, that's what you've been teasing me for weeks about. No, no, no. Like I told you, there's one okay. that I've got, and it will be something that. I will probably... You'll say it, and then we'll have to end the show because yes, we will not be able to yes. take any more of doing it. Because when we were texting about doing Unpopular Opinion, it was seriously something that I thought, okay, well, Drew will divorce me after this. <laughs> it's that bad. All right, film fans, that's going to do it for this episode. Hope that you had as much fun as we did because Devin Sawa is... Oh. Still on the loose. and I, I haven't found him since he escaped from our uh, Fanatic podcast. Yep, yeah, and he still hates us, apparently, which I don't really understand why. But apparently he had so much fun that he just took off. Thanks for listening, and remember, it's Halloween season. Go check out Lake Mungo. Quality Check is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA.